The year is 1999, and a new threat emerges to steal your energy and your data. It's not Y2K, it's Godzilla 2000. You know, I guess they, they he did want to steal data. And I didn't even think about this being like a thing for Y2K. Mm. I didn't really either. I didn't really either. You know, but I was thinking, is Godzilla 2000 Millennium, is that a little redundant of a title, Alex? Uh, in Japan it was, but here or they, we didn't have to worry about that. <laughs> it was, yeah, it, it, it's a, you know, maybe it's a holdover of the late 90s, you know, that little bit of excess why not put the same mm. thing in the title twice you know true true <laughs> the only thing that would make it better if it, if it was godzilla 2000 the second millennium y2k edition <laughs> um but oh anyway welcome back to monsters versus men podcast we're still trying our best to stay alive i'm eric and i'm alex and we're here talking about the first true film, not Godzilla 98, the first true film of the millennium era, Godzilla 2000. Yes. You excited to talk about this film, Alex? I am, because this was uh, a pretty refreshing one for me, I gotta say. Yes. I I did appreciate the response to our Heisei era hoedown from a couple of weeks ago, Alex. We had lots of people jump in into the conversation, and we had got a lot of positive feedback on that episode. Um, I'm also super excited. We have the Kaiju groupie himself, Michael, coming on the podcast for our awards today. So that's going to be super fun. Oh, yeah. That's exciting. And again, I want to say from from me, thank you all very much. I mean, everybody really seems to be enjoying our episode. But, you know, I am disturbed by the lack of comments on my episode description. But if people (laughs) are like me, they don't read the comments on the episodes. They just kind of download it. So... I won't hold it against our fans too much, but I am a little it, bit. It, it was an epic. It was an epic episode description, Alex, for sure. I meant to post it and I forgot to, but I will. I will. Mm, yeah. Okay. Hey, also, you know, fans should check out um, Giant Monster Messages, that podcast. We just got finished recording the Giant Monster Messages episode on Matango and had a great time there with Taylor and Joshua. So, if you're interested, you want to hear more of us, head on over to Giant Monster Messages and hear us disagree about one of Honda's <laughs> finest films, Matanga. Yeah, and so by the time this episode is up, that episode has been up for about two weeks. So you might have to go back a little bit, or actually it might still be the first episode. But yeah, come check us out there. We're we're uh, in all of our glory. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Without further ado, you think we should get into this? Yeah, yeah. How about I break it down for you this week? <laughs> I will say a little bit of this info, Alex. Yes. Um, G-Man himself gave us for our introduction today. It was, it was based off one of G-Man's articles that I got some of this information. So I did want to give him credit for some of this here at the beginning. Okay. But without further ado, for real this time, introduce our film, Alex. <laughs> okay. All right. So after the fan disappointment of Godzilla 98, Toho executives moved up plans to create a new Godzilla film ahead of schedule. That film, Godzilla 2000, Millennium. Toho producer Shogo Tomiyama, when uh, when commenting about the film, stated, When we decided to remake the Godzilla film, I wanted to bring back the mystery and invincibility that the monster had initially. I want people to leave the theater totally mystified and overwhelmed by Godzilla's force. But, was this implemented successfully, Eric? As I put it last, or as you put it last week, this new Godzilla of the millennium, does it tickle your cranium? <laughs> this is so not good. Well, I do think, I do think it tickles my cranium a little bit, Alex. And honestly, I'm just impressed. First of all, when I, when I put this movie in, I was watching it with Theo and in the first 15 minutes, I think they're the best opening 15 minutes we've seen yet from the franchise. Um, it's automatically darker and mysterious. Um, we have that suburban, rural, oceanside setting. Um, and our introduction to these characters is one that puts us straight into action. And we kind of get to know these three 
uh, main characters right off the bat. I don't think the characters are necessarily a strength of the film overall, but this scene really establishes them well. Mm -hmm. And speaking of opening car chase scenes, (laughs) this car chase is better than anything we've seen in Godzilla 98. Um, It makes them look mundane. (laughs) But what about you, Alex? Were you as impressed with this opening as I was? Yeah, I really enjoyed just this film in general, but that that opening 20 minutes of the film was pretty spectacular. Like I was, I was head over heels for this movie, at least up until that point. And it really feels like it's hitting all the right notes. I mean, you see the first, the fresh Godzilla design, which is just awesome. And they tease it just long enough for it to not be annoying. Like they don't, they don't really wait to give us our dinner. Like <laughs> they, they, they <laughs> right. it, we have a small appetizer before we get to our real meal. But I really like this, just the effects in general with him. Like they really throw everything at the beginning of this film. Like we get the feet stomping through the tunnel after the car, mm-hmm. after he's breathed on it. <laughs> like we get yeah. that really cool close up where he breathes on the window and then roars, I believe it is, and it breaks the window. Then he stomps through the tunnel. So you see the feet going through, which is a f- effect we've seen several times, but this is the best we've seen it. And then we also get him just chasing, chasing behinds. We see him in the distance uh, with like a fire burning behind him. And there's just some really cool shots at the very beginning of this. Like I would say up to the 30 minute mark, I was all in on this movie. And I think the Japanese version has a better opening of the film, but overall I think it's, a weaker version of the film, which I'm really surprised to say, but when Godzilla disappears from this movie, it really suffers. Like this is Godzilla's movie. Like we've said, I know that's kind of ridiculous to say when we've seen all these movies starring Godzilla, but <laughs> it really feels like this is the movie where when Godzilla, when Godzilla's there, he is stealing the show every moment he's on screen. I don't know what it is. It's like this little this mag- animal magnetism or something. But he's definitely the highlight of this film. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think it's that mysterious and that mysteriousness and that invincibility that we alluded to in the film introduction. Godzilla's design is just definitely a highlight for me here. I prefer this look actually over any of the ones from the Heisei era. I love those enlarged purple spikes on his back, the return of thick thighs, (laughs) the square face and the smaller jaw. It's almost, Alex, as if Toho wanted to design a Godzilla that directly contrasted the one we saw in Godzilla 98. Hmm. Uh Yeah, it's it's almost just as lizard-like, but still Godzilla. (laughs) Yeah, right. And, you know, that final battle... It was one of the most climatic endings we've had mm-hmm. yet. I love the atomic breath. Anytime Godzilla in this film is using atomic breath, you feel it, right? Yes. You, it's definitely more powerful than it's been before. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but is this the first time we've heard about Godzilla's regenerative abilities? Yeah, yeah well, a little bit of yes and no. So I believe in the Heisei era and maybe even in the Showa era, his abilities in terms of regeneration are briefly mentioned that pretty much that he can get up pretty quick. Right. But they're not elaborated on in this type of fashion where we get to see the cell and we get to see it, uh, the cell killed and immediately it comes back. So we've seen by Alante where Godzilla's cells are played with. And I think that's maybe where we mm-hmm. saw some of the regenerative abilities mentioned before this plays with his cells in a more interesting way. If you ask me, I could see a alien organism searching the earth for its best, uh, almost like a host and it picks Godzilla. Like, of course that makes sense. And it's a pretty interesting origin for Orga, but overall, I think that like you were mentioning that final battle, just in general is awesome. Like it's good. Mm-hmm. And we're mentioning both versions because it's a hot topic within the Godzilla community about what version is actually better. And I got a side with the U S version. I'm just going to go ahead and <laughs> let you all know that I really do think that's a better movie because we get the final battle. It's so much faster in the U S version. There's better editing. There's better sound with different monster roars, which sounds really like small and minuscule, right? Like, 
it's not that big of a deal on Monsters Roar, but it really does illustrate like their struggle in the situation, like when they're mad, all these like weird emotions that, that I didn't realize would be necessary. And then we also get better mm-hmm. music. We get an intertwining of some of Akira Ifukube's themes in the US version that we don't really get in the Japanese version, which is kind of odd. And I think that you mentioned that uh, atomic breath that you really feel, you know? And I think that's really mm-hmm. attrib- attributed to the those purple spikes that you mentioned and how they turn from purple to that bright orange that we're not really used to that bright orange. Uh, aside from when he's getting ready to die in the Heisei era. I can't believe I just said Heisei correct, right? Uh, but <laughs> but when, when he does that charge, and then you see him like almost foaming at the mouth with radiation before he lets mm. lets that burst loose, I just, I, I'm pretty in love with this Godzilla. I think you can tell. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. there are some problems with the film. Like, he beats uh, Orga at the end of the film, and then he walks over to our our main characters and he decides mm-hmm. to kill the one bad character. Category. Kata- Kata- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he kills him and then he turns around, walks away and destroys the city. It's like the dumbest thing. <laughs> like it's so dumb, but did you have any complaints about this movie? Yeah. Well, actually I disagree with you a little bit. Uh, to me, the U S and the Japanese version, they have some pros and cons. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, there's probably like a perfect edit of the film, <laughs> yeah. You know that uses some of both, but I, it doesn't exist. But you know, in the final battle, I agree with you about the editing. Um, I I don't think the music is as bad in the Japanese version as people make no. it out to be. Actually, I I like the. There's something a little bit more subtle actually about the music in the Japanese version that actually highlights the destruction that's happening a little bit more, I think. Um, but with that said, it's hard to deny if Akube's score uh, in the American version that, that just comes in at the crucial moment. Yeah. So that one's a toss up for me. A two quick questions though, real quick, before I tell you some complaints I have with the film one, when, uh, when was the name Orga introduced in this film, I believe <laughs> I believe Orga only appears in the Japanese version. I don't think it's even mentioned once in the U.S. version. Uh, <laughs> if I was reading correctly, I was looking for it. <laughs> I was looking for it, and I was like, "Am, am I just am I just missing this?" Yeah, and it, I, I it may know. not appear honestly, but for some reason, I felt like I read that it appears once in the Japanese version and not at all in this one. But I could yeah. be making that up. <laughs> <laughs> The other the other question is, how is this film situated within the universe? You know, we're starting this new era, millennium era, and that was a question that I had. I was like, how is how's this film situated here in the universe? Is it scrapping the Heisei stuff? Is it just starting like directly? At, I think you've said before, does it start directly after Godzilla, you know, 54? Yeah, that's the only movie that's tied to this one, which, I mean, honestly... This is pretty standalone. I mean, there's not really yeah. any ties to the original. But yes, in the right. Millennium era, especially this film, only the first movie occurs and then this one occurs. But Godzilla, gotcha. at this point, he's a known entity and there's no references to that previous film. So this is a completely standalone Godzilla film. Nice. And so the ones that come after aren't tied to this one no, either. No, not at all. But the, well, the intro- I like that. I actually kind of like that feel. I know, time. right? Yeah, I, that's how it felt. And I like Especially it, that so. ending where he just turns to destroy the entire city. Yeah. Which I love. I love that that happens. I think it's so cool and it's the perfect ending, which is kind of funny because... The U.S. version originally ended with a credits that said the end with a question mark. And mm. the reason was, mm. was America was actually going to, I forgot who it was, but he was actually going to make a sequel to this movie. But he couldn't get funding. But Toho approved everything. They approved the script. They approved everything. And all he needed was money. And he could not secure the money to make the sequel for this movie. The guy's name was Michael Schlesinger. Schlesinger. Hmm. And it, yeah, he was the one that was trying to do everything. He got again, everything was approved, even the villain, and just couldn't get that money. Ah, that stinks. Well, as I said, I do have a couple issues with the film, Alex. Um, so initially, 
you know, we've got the giant oceanic rock that builds the mystery of the film <laughs> um, that turns out to be an alien rock, right? right? I actually think it's pretty cool when it flips from horizontal to vertical, yes. right? Yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> it's actually one of the best examples of that mystery because it doesn't make any sort of sense. Like it follows half the rules, yes. but not, you know, not all the rules. <laughs> so when it starts flying, actually, that's when it actually starts to lose a little bit of mystery mm-hmm. and just becomes more fiction. I, you know what no, I'm saying? I, I, and I actually completely agree with you. <laughs> so, but you know, and I really like the idea of this data mining orga, um, as well as the idea that Godzilla basically hates all human energy sources. But those ideas aren't really explored after being first introduced in the film. In the Japanese version, we at least have a little bit more hacking from the extraterrestrial species, but it isn't mm-hmm. much. And also, I would say the plotting of this movie, it started to bog down about two-thirds of the way yes. through, right before the final battle. I, I wasn't a big fan of Escape from City Tower. I agree. <laughs> right? It, it just seemed like it went on a little too long. It felt unnecessary, overly unrealistic. And to me, it didn't further any of our characters. How Shinoda escapes that shaft and the explosion so conveniently, I don't think I'll ever understand. <laughs> yeah. And, and again, I, I think I agree with you with just about all of that. Uh, I think him escaping the, the elevator shaft was a little more believable for me, except for I don't understand how he came up underneath everybody. But, <laughs> you know. Uh Right underneath where his daughter happens to be standing. Yeah, it's convenient. (laughs) He knew they were coming back, so he was just kind of waiting for a convenient entrance. Like He just wanted that really cool hero-y entrance. With with the hand coming through the shaft. Yeah, it's very dramatic, Eric. You wouldn't understand. Um, (laughs) But those points that you're complaining about, especially the plotting of the movie and the pacing, I feel like a lot of that is cut out in the U.S. version, which is why I really like the U.S. version. It cuts out the unnecessary escape. Like that said, that whole thing lasts like five minutes, maybe eight minutes at most. And you know how you said there's probably a perfect edit of this movie somewhere. I'm not so sure about that, actually. Uh, And this is a problem I find with both parts of the film. And I kind of mentioned it earlier is that this movie really really benefits from Godzilla's presence whenever it's there. Like this film feels like a lot less when it's not there, which is kind of unusual. I think for you and me to, I don't know if you agree with me or not, but he's just so new, fresh and interesting that I wanted him to be on screen almost all the time. Like the, I do. Yeah. I liked, I actually liked a few of the human characters a little more than I think you did, but the reason I say there's no perfect edit of this film is because that middle 45 minutes, Godzilla's not there at all. We, at, I think we only see him once, and he's a CGI Godzilla swimming underwater, and it looks pretty bad. Yeah. And right. other than that, we only see him in that beginning 20, 30 minutes, and then we see him at the end for like a final 15-minute battle that's awesome. And while it's awesome... Mm-hmm. These human characters that we were just forced to spend 45 minutes with <laughs> have zero participation in the final battle. Mm-hmm. But it yeah. was nice to see this Godzilla on his own, too, because he is such a <laughs> a new Godzilla, really. I think our reaction is a little bit, to be honest, in, in reaction to Godzilla 98. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I really do. Um just after seeing that, you know, we were looking for something different and it made me really sympathize with, with fans, Alex, who had been waiting years <laughs> for Godzilla and they got Godzilla 98, <laughs> Yeah, you yeah. know, and then they got this film. This film had to be such a breath of fresh air, Yeah, <laughs> you know, after waiting so long uh, for a new Godzilla film. <laughs> so I... I really am interested to see what Michael has to say. So why don't we go ahead and invite him? Sure thing. Let's get him on. All right. So we're back and we're here today and we're very pleased to welcome the Kaiju groupie himself, Michael. First of all, Michael, I want you to introduce yourself to our audience that hasn't heard of you. Who are you? And what the heck is the Kaiju groupie? Okay. So (laughs) (laughs) Eric, before I do that, I have to, uh, I have to just apologize to you just for a second Uh, because when I was under, I was given the impression that I was coming on here to interview as one of the new co-hosts 
of Monsters vs. Men because because someone told me that they needed someone on the show that actually had the correct opinion about Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla 2. Uh, Yes. 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 Okay. All right. Yeah. (laughs) I like this. Oh, but... uh, I like this, but Michael... You you came off a little needy, so we're gonna have to cut you. <laughs> it's okay. I got my I got my red drink here to keep me company. Yeah. <laughs> but no, okay, okay. In all seriousness, guys, um, I am Michael Hamilton, the Kaiju Groupie. Um, I am from the good old state of West by God, Virginia. Um, by day, I'm an art director for a company out of St. Louis. I've been doing that for about six years now. Uh, graphic designer, web designer, UX designer, whatever you need designer pretty much by trade. I've been doing it for about 15 years now. Um, what the heck is the Kaiju groupie? Well, uh, it started as a Facebook group and I think it started around August or so. Um, and I think it started with like a hundred, like, I'm sorry, 250 members or whatever. And now it's up to like 12, I think 1222 or something like that. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's just a, it's just a community that we've tried to grow and cultivate, uh, because we want, because basically me and the rest of the moderators and the admins just kind of got sick and tired of all of the nonsensical groups that are on Facebook. I mean, there are some good groups out there for Kaiju and, and Tokusatsu, but there are some really bad groups out there. So when I got hooked up with the Carroll brothers, Back in the summer, we just we kind of put our heads together and fig- and just decided we were going to do what we had to do to grow a community around mm-hmm. basically having great discussions about kaiju and tokusatsu, um, mm-hmm. and just enjoying everything that the fandom has to offer. That's good. I mean, we we all know that fandoms can get pretty toxic pretty quick, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I think we've all oh, yeah. we've all seen that, <laughs> um, uh, especially with like something like that i think i've mentioned this on twitter before but like the anime community i've never seen such horrible gatekeeping in my life where if you don't like this and you're an idiot but if you love this show then you don't know what the heck you're talking about it's 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 kind of gross and i like that you are looking to keep things i guess uh civil <laughs> yeah we can, we try our best to keep things as civil as we possibly can now I'm not going to lie and say that we don't have our fair share of trolls and we have not engaged in our engaged ourselves in our fair share of trollery. But I mean, for the most part, it's a great group. We have a, like a, I think about eight moderators or between the moderators and admins, we have a, we have an awesome crew that really cares about this stuff. Um, you know, without, without not going too overboard, of course, but, uh, we're just a great group of guys and girls um, that just really love Godzilla, Kaiju and Tokusatsu. And we just want to connect with people that, you know, have the same interests as, as we do and um, not have toxic conversations. So, yeah, I will say, uh, Michael, I really like this uh, kind of this post that you created on the page. You know, Alex, I think we need a link to this little uh, post that he created. Cause I think it's a great summary of, some of the toxicity and infighting that can happen, but that the Kaiju groupie is going against. Yeah. So I think we should link to that definitely in the show notes so people can read that um, as they see. I was, absolutely. I was drunk when I worked, I, when I wrote that anyway. So that, that most <laughs> people good. do their best work when they're drunk. Right, right, so. Well, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, but no, I was, uh, no, I was good. No, I, I was not drunk when I wrote that. Um, the post that you're referencing, um, I wrote that on New Year's Eve because I wanted to write something encouraging to, I guess, lift up the guys and the guys and girls in the group that have come in because we did have a big influx of members at that point. Um, we'd done a couple fan tournaments, so we try to keep it fun as as fun as you possibly can within a Facebook group. Uh, there's not a whole there's not a whole <laughs> lot you can do there, uh, right. but we do hold special theme months and, and just different things that go on. And we try to keep things interesting. We kind of try to keep things interesting and fun. And that was just sort of what was on my heart at the time going into 2020, uh, a brand new decade. And I just figured what the hell I'm just going to write. Uh, I'm just going to write something straight from the gut and just, and hope that it lands with people. That's cool. I mean, I've, I've, I think a lot of people have found a lot of success 
online by just being themselves and being honest. And I, I, I can admire that. For sure. Um, let's get into a little bit of your Godzilla history here. When, when did you first start getting into Godzilla, Michael? Have you always been a Godzilla fan? 1994. 1994 during, um, I think it was the on the old MT. Well, it's not old. It's still around. But on the um, TNT had, was having a New Year's Eve marathon. And I, I think a lot of folks reference this. I've heard David, he's had guests on his show reference this, but basically it was a marathon mm-hmm. back in the nineties where they showed a bunch of Godzilla films. And I believe if I'm not mistaken, my first ever Godzilla film, uh, and you'll like this one, Alex, uh, was Godzilla raids again, uh, was my mm, very, wow. yeah, was my, and I stuck around. So that's, that's something, uh, <laughs> that's saying something. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but look, I, I had always had a fascination with dinosaurs. I feel like that's a really common trait within people who come into this fandom. Uh, of course, power Rangers and mm-hmm. that whole mythos played a big part in it uh, from like 92 mm-hmm. to 93, because growing up, I could care less about the good guys. I always wanted to be the monsters. And so when, <laughs> when me and my buddies, uh, or for whatever my schoolmates or whatever would get together on the playground and play Power Rangers. I always wanted to be the monster. So, you know, that's sort of where it started. But one of the really fond memories that I have growing up was during that Godzilla marathon, my mom and dad was a huge part of my journey into Godzilla and Tokusatsu. And I specifically remember them staying up all night long and recording. They took shifts uh, between the two of them, uh, mom mom was not working at the time, and dad I don't ha- I don't have a clue what he was doing. I think it was probably around if it was around New Year's Eve, he probably was off. But they took shifts all night long and recorded like I want to say twelve movies. Um, wow. And I had and I still have them to this day. Now, granted, they're not at my house now; uh, they're at my parents' house. So, but I know they're still there. I know That's they're great. still tucked away, um, and it just kind of. Spit, it just kind of uh, snowballed from there where I was hot and heavy into it for, for several years. And then as I got older, I came to realize that, you know, liking Godzilla and Tokusatsu necessarily didn't get you dates to the prom. So, <laughs> so I, yeah. I, I took a little break. Uh, and like our friend David, I actually came back into the fandom around 2013, around 20, or 2013, 2014. Um, Mm. when I started seeing all these teasers and leaks for the Godzilla 2014 movie. And I think the last film that had come over to America at that point, not counting the film we're going to review today, but was Godzilla 1998. And we all know how that went, but, um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, it's, it's, I've been into, I've been in it for a long time. Uh, I've always had it in, I've always had it in the back of my mind as something I've enjoyed. I may not have been always as vocal about it as I am now. Um, but yeah, it's always been a bit, it's, it's been a huge part of my life just growing up and in my childhood. So it's something I really, really do cherish. It's kind of funny that you mentioned the 2014 Godzilla, uh, because that's, that's about when I sat down and watched what I thought was all the movies, but it turned out after doing this show with Eric, I've missed one or two, but yeah, that's about when my fandom really kicked off all over again. But I was going to ask you, without giving us your final rating and ranking, what are your initial thoughts of Godzilla 2000? Well, it's no Gohira, but um, um, <laughs> what is? But but uh, but I do but I do like it. But I do like it or Gojira. I'm sorry, it's Gojira, you moron. Um, oh wow! Okay, all right, Eric. <laughs> uh, and, I, and I say that because I know what episode precedes this one, so. You, I'm sure you. I'm sure the. I'm sure the audience is in for a oh, treat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, oh, but I, I enjoy this film. Without giving anything away, I, I, I enjoy it. I'm not going to tell you where it ranks yet, but I do. I, I do like it. That's good. Well, let's then jump straight into our awards. This probably is our our favorite part of the podcast, Michael. So we're excited to hear what you have to say. Let's start with Alex though, with our coolest character award. Who you got Alex? Uh, yeah. So my coolest character is definitely, uh, Io Shinoda, who is like the, <laughs> the parent pretty much to Yuji. <laughs> like 
It's it's it's, it's pretty hilarious. <laughs> like one of my favorite scenes is when he is chopping some lettuce and he stops to do something else and she says something to the effect of, I don't hear the lettuce being chopped. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I just like that she essentially runs the Godzilla Prediction Network and that her dad is actually kind of like one of her employees. Pretty much. I mean, I feel like that little girl's running a sweatshop or something. Um, yeah. It <laughs> really feels that yeah. way. Uh, but I think that's not in... that's That line is actually excluded from the Japanese dub. If you watched... Yeah. So <laughs> there's a few lines, actually, that are excluded, but uh, I am probably one that really enjoys the American version more, but don't tell anybody. Me too. Yeah. That's something me and I, Eric yeah, were talking I, about is... I really like the writing in the dub, which I can't believe I'm saying, because I think it's so much funnier. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it is. Uh, so, Alex, you mentioned Io or Yo Shinoda. I'm going to go with the child, as you say, the father, Yuji <laughs> Shinoda, um, who's the actual supposedly the actual president of the Godzilla Prediction Network. Um, what I like about him is his parenting style, actually. Yeah, letting the kid do says it. That, <laughs> well, he actually says at, at one point, it, well, he treats, his, he treats his daughter with respect, yes. right? He, he, he acknowledges that he even says at one point, she's my partner. He treats her, his daughter as a human being that he can learn from, and I respect that point of view. Uh, you know, that's a pretty good point, Eric. I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Michael, who you got for your coolest I character? I have to go with uh, Secretary Category, um, mainly because uh, he plays the stoic government agent to a T. Uh, he's basically, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I like him because he, he has that stoicism about him that he's, you know, he's cool, calm, and collected. He's a bit of a butthole, but... You know, he, he, he acts like he's got it all together. Um, yeah. At, at least until the final scene, but we won't, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Um, <laughs> but I, I liked him. I, I do. I, for some reason, I just like those, those really stoic characters that can just kind of keep their cool under pressure. Um, they're, hmm. They may be just a little bit arrogant, but, but that's okay. That's what gets them through life and, and makes them good at their job. Yeah, he did really yeah. cool under pressure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, when it, when it, <laughs> he was pretty stoic throughout. And if we had to go with the coolest for sure, that yeah. probably was the right choice. What about, what about your most memorable line, though, Michael? Oh, Jesus. Okay. Um, <laughs> I have to actually recite the line. Uh, Ooh, I like I'm it. gonna I'm gonna recite yeah. the line, and it comes from the American dub. And Alex is Alex probably already knows where this is coming from, uh, but it's when they're in the control room and they're showing and they're showing off this brand new missile that they're gonna deploy against Godzilla, and um, the 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 general in charge says, "I guarantee." This is going to go through Godzilla like crap through a goose. And just <laughs> yeah. And just the way and the way he emphasizes the word crap makes it funny. That's what makes it funny and makes it memorable to me. Now, I uh, the line in the Japanese version is I think it's like this is going to be very effective against Godzilla. It's like sort of yeah. a yeah. yeah, just sort of a yeah. sterile line. It doesn't really it, but there's just something about that American dub uh, <laughs> that just makes it even even better. Absolutely. For sure. Uh, you know, my line actually kind of goes with that um, because I took a line from the American version as well that I think highlights the differences between the two films. And I actually got some good feedback on Twitter from Robert Messing on this one. He pointed out this line and I, I was just, I was like, yep, that's, that's my line. Um, and it's when that you have these two government guys right around that time. And one of the government guys says, aliens, my God, that can't be real. Second government guy. Right. Like Godzilla is normal. <laughs> right? and, and it's just this, it's, it's a moment of self-awareness that it, the American version has that just makes the entire film not take itself right. so seriously. Right. Yeah. Um, as, as Robert pointed out, Godzilla is inherently unrealistic, right? Um, And so you have to kind of acknowledge that and just their reaction to everything in the American version being a little bit comedic helps set that right tone. 
And so I definitely appreciated that about the American version. What about you, Alex, though? What was your most memorable line? Yeah, mine's actually said by uh, Yuji Shinoda. And it's, again, it's a line that's only in the U.S. version. Uh, and it's after the windshield is blown out of their car at the <laughs> opening minutes of the movie. And they're, <laughs> and they're driving. And you see him and Yuki are in the front seat. She's riding shotgun. And they're both kind of squinting because all the wind is hitting them in the face because there's no windshield anymore. And you see the windshield wipers turn on. And it, it, the, the scene rests on it for a minute as they go up and down. Then he turns and says, does that help any? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I laughed pretty good at that, <laughs> like harder than I probably should. I mean, it's really and good. Then, no, I, I actually it's really laughed good too. Comedic timing. Yeah, it, was it, re- good. it really is good comedic timing yeah, because that was good. Um, one other moment in the film uh, that was that just really made me. This really made me laugh. Was uh, uh, it was the moment when when Yuki go that she first comes to the Godzilla predict is it yeah it's Yuki. She first comes to the Godzilla Prediction Network, and there's these two guys working outside, and they're trying to give her directions. And as they're, oh yeah, it's just this, it's just this <laughs> sequence of slapstick comedy that just really, it's just a really yeah. bright spot for me. And I and I laugh so hard for like I rewatched this film uh, a couple weeks ago, um, and it, I just laughed so hard at that moment for some reason. But I like slapstick comedy. I like I like. Sophisticated yeah. comedy, but slapstick comedy gets me every time. Yeah, and I think that humor works, works better in the U.S. version than the Japanese version. That's, that's exactly what I was going to say, Alex. What about your Can't Believe the Acting Award, Alex? I got to give it to uh, Io Shinoda, uh, by, who's played by Mayu Suzuki. She really sells that uh, <laughs> that controlling mother role really well. Like. <laughs> <laughs> she she really feels like she's in charge and she's a really charming actress actually like her I really bought all of her stuff even when she is bossing her dad around or bossing Yuki around where she's like it feels like she's conning her in to joining the GPM <laughs> she's just pretty yeah. great throughout I mean she's a hustler like you bought her sales yeah, pitch. Yeah, she is a hustler. That's right. That's right. <laughs> she's definitely a hustler. Like, this girl is going, like, when she gets old enough to own her own business, she's going places. <laughs> That's right. What about you, Michael? Um, I'm going to have to go with, and it's at the 57, 57 minute, eight second mark, when it's Professor Ashiro uh, Mayasaka. I think I'm saying that correctly. Um, just mm. his dramatic, that dramatic dialogue when he becomes self-aware that, you know, he call he's causing what's happening with, with Orga. And at this, at this moment in the movie, they figure out that Orga is, or uh, what I guess it's, I guess the whole thing's called Orga. Uh, well, the spaceship is downloading all of the information from city tower mm-hmm. at this moment. And the line is, um, this could be the end of our civilization. We're all going to die. And I'm the reason. And, it's a ser- it's a very serious line like it it's a line you wouldn't take lightly if he wasn't so silly in his delivery um it, yeah but it, it's it's an i feel like it's an it's a it's a self-aware line and i think um sort of this i think in the notes eric you brought up the the topic of data mining and that's a that's a prevalent mm-hmm. topic even in today's climate. Just data mining, everything coming out of China and, and other places, you know, just the stealing of intellectual property uh, and just things like that. And it's just sort of a really self aware moment for for the human characters when they realize that you know that this thing is downloading all of this information to use against them. And there's not a dang thing they can do about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure how self-aware my line is um, <laughs> because the acting, the acting in this one didn't really blow me away, but there's a moment I'll definitely always remember. And uh, Alex, you may have to act this one out with yes. me. There's two yes, parts, please. right? I, I'll, I'll be category. Okay. I, I'll be category. You be Shinoda, okay? <laughs> okay. All right. Gojira! <laughs> Katagiri! <laughs> I think that was pretty good. That was pretty uh, good. That was excellent. That was, that was excellent. Uh, that is... I do, I do have a runner-up, actually, for this one. Um, I almost put it. It's when Yuki 
is visiting Shinoda uh, in the lab. And it's just this really weird moment. I think like Yuki is starting to mm. have some feelings yes. maybe for Shinoda. And she like does this two-handed wave in, through the glass yes. at Shinoda. And then the, it's, it cuts right there to Shinoda and, you know, the, his the other partner, you know, his old friend. And they're looking like really intently at something. And it's just the cut is hilarious actually <laughs> because – you think they're reacting to her and they're like, what is going on? But they're actually reacting to the cells that they're looking at. Uh, so I love that moment. It's actually a hilarious moment. If right. You go back and look um, at it. I also have a runner up uh, in the can't believe that acting. Uh, I put it in the notes. It came at like, I think it was one hour, 25 minutes. It was when secretary Katagiri, uh looks at Yuji uh, with this look of like, dude, you're crazy. It was when um, it was when Yuji says he's trying. I think it says it's trying. It's trying to become a Godzilla clone, and it just pans. It, it, like you could well not pans, but it, it's you can see um, Katagiri's face just look over at him like, dude, you you're smoking something. <laughs> but it's just this really awkward. It's just sort of this really awkward moment because he's got one eyebrow raised like who is this guy? Is he drunk? You know, I just thought that, I just thought that was a funny moment. Yeah. What about, what about your standout effect award, Michael? Uh, well, it's gotta be hands down. It's gotta be Orga specifically, uh, toward the end of the film, uh, when he's basically trying to eat Godzilla, um, just that mix of practical effects and CGI that was actually believable. Now, some of the CGI in this film, you know, objectively it's not great so that right. at that moment though yeah. when you see gorga's mouth expand and you see just mm-hmm. that membrane mm-hmm. come out and it, it it actually looks believable to me and i just think the orga yeah, effect i think the orga effect in general was a pretty good effect because it's a unique monster it, you know is a unique suit i wish it was just a little bit more mobile like there was just a little bit more to it um, mm-hmm. but overall I really enjoyed it. Yeah, no, that's, that's definitely a good one for sure. Um, I mentioned earlier in our discussion, how much I love the opening moments of this film. Um, and I'm going to continue that love here. Uh, I love seeing Godzilla in the background of those opening shots. There's a pretty like realistic right. scale there, I think. And we just see those superimposed images that create this larger than life mm-hmm. effect for mm-hmm. Godzilla that stands in stark contrast to Godzilla 98. We don't really see that scale because he's always like in the city in Godzilla 98 here in that um, more rural landscape, suburban rural community. You really see how large he is as they're driving along in their vehicle. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just, I love that effect at the beginning of this. Yeah. Those are some, what about you, Alex? Those are cool shots. Eric, I'm going to ask you really quickly. What did you think about the sound design for this film? Specifically the American version, because there is a difference. Um, I feel like, and this is just, this is just my perspective and my opinion. You can really feel um, Godzilla's weight and power with this film. And that's, it's mainly through the sound design, like his roar, the effects of his atomic breath, I guess just the effect, just the sound design of the effects and and everything overall just makes everything feel more weighty. And I was just kind of wanting wanting your opinion on that. Yeah, I mean, I think you make a good point. Um, as as we mentioned, you know, like Godzilla in this film has that mysterious, that in- invincible sort of feel to it that was definitely missing in Godzilla '98. <laughs> and you're right, the, the, the sound effects, that sound design, um, it's right there in the roar. In the atomic breath, which is awesome yeah. in this film, he definitely stands out uh, above the rest for yeah, sure. Yeah, this is the most American. I think this is with with the new design, like the new radical design of Godzilla in this film. It is probably the most American Japanese Godzilla we've ever seen, just because of the just because of the sheer over the top yeah. design of the suit. Yeah, yeah. And, and those spikes yeah. are over the top in a good way. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Alex, what about you for your standout effect award? Uh, yeah, so I think my favorite effect was when the Orga, when it was still in its ship form, it's over top of these three skyscrapers with uh, Godzilla underneath, and it's blasting like these waves of oh, yeah. energy. And it, so 
it decimates the three skyscrapers right there. And it's an awesome effect. But the coolest thing is that mm-hmm. while all this debris and stuff is coming down, all the smoke is like pluming around Godzilla. And it looks like it's almost rising up and going down all around him. Right. And it's this really cool effect. Like, I don't know how they did it, but it was awesome. <laughs> and then it's capped off with a, with as you know, I love it when a skyscraper falls on something, and there it is. It falls on Godzilla. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Um, what about your Oh, That's a Good Shot award? Uh, yeah, so th- this is uh, something we actually talked about a little bit earlier, Eric, but there's a shot of the meteor or Orga before we know what it is after it surfaces and then it it rotates up at 90 degrees to face the sun. And it's this shot with this really slow pan that's really close up to the rock. And it just makes this rock have this dark, ominous, like monolithic feel that's really, it really sets the tone for this film. I don't think the film really plays off of that tone as well as I would have liked, Mm -hmm. but it really sets like this awesome, ominous moment that I love. What about you? For sure. Um, so I had a couple of great sunset shots that I could have gone with Alex. And I know, you know, I love my sunset shots. Um, so you'll be disappointed that I don't go with the UFO, uh, the Orga UFO on top of city tower with that red hue in the background. I know you're disappointed, Alex. Um, I'll throw I'm it in there. Thank you. I'm <laughs> disappointed because that was beautiful. It's not I mean, my, oh, that that's was a good not shot. my pick, but honestly, I thought someone would pick that, that frame. Because that, but, it's an awesome oh, shot. Because it, it is, is a great shot. It's great. As I said, I've I've been waxing poetic about the first fifteen minutes of this film, so I'm going to go with something else from there. And it's that moment in the tunnel when Godzilla's face just rises, and it takes up most of the yes. tunnel, and we see how small the jeep-like vehicle looks in comparison. There's great framing with that shot, but also just the effects and seeing Godzilla that close up for the first time. It's it has to be that my oh that's a good shot award. What about what about you though, Michael? I think that this film does a really good job at showcasing size and scale and weight because you really feel it with this film as opposed to some of the others we got. Even even the Heisei era, where you know where Godzilla was big and bulky, you still in some in in a lot of in a lot of movies you didn't feel like his his power and his and his weight. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think that's probably why Eric's sort of gravitating towards those scenes. Whereas for me, a lot of the best scenes uh, came toward the end of the film. And one of the ones that really kind of intrigued mm-hmm. me was during the final battle where Godzilla has already shot down the UFO. It's landed. It's it's nose deep into the ground at this point. Godzilla's approaching the UFO to check things out, making sure that he, he finished the job. And then all of a sudden the music cues up and Orga's foot just step. You can see Orga's foot, and I'm not quite sure if 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 Godzilla actually if you were, if we're supposed to assume that Godzilla sees his foot at this point, but I'm gonna assume it is. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna assume he has, but just you don't actually see the full reveal of Orga yet. But you just see this foot step between uh, or mm-hmm. step behind the UFO, um, and you just see the UF, you see the foot, the UFO in the middle ground, and then you see Godzilla in the background just kind of looking on. And I just feel like that arrangement yeah. was really good. That is a good one. No, I like that. And, and I do think that final battle is pretty awesome. <laughs> um, but I think that leads us into our rating and our rankings. Um, so I'll, I'll go ahead and start us off, and then uh, I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say, Michael. But – in the world as I see it, oh Albert Einstein God. states, <laughs> <laughs> the most beautiful experience. Just listen, Alex. Just listen. The most beautiful experience we can have is the mysterious. It is the fundamental emotion that stands at the cradle of true art and true science. Now, the, CG, the CGI effects here, they may look dated now. But Godzilla's design overall, it breathes a fresh new feel and a mystery, as that quote mentions, to the monster. Tonally and visually in this film, I was caught up within the first five minutes. Mm -hmm. Though the English and Japanese versions, they do have slightly different approaches. I think both approaches work. I may slightly prefer the English version's lighter approach, but not enough to change my rating overall. Um, Both versions, I think, could have explored the data mining 
energy zapping aspect a little further. But as Michael was just highlighting, I think the Orga battle, especially the ending with Godzilla's atomic breath, is one of the best mm-hmm. monster moments we've seen yet. Um, for me, this is Okawara's best Godzilla film without too much debate. So I give this a 3.5 out of 5, and it currently falls at number 7 between The Return of Godzilla and Godzilla versus King Ghidorah in my overall wow. rankings. Okay, that's fair. Mm. Yeah. That's actually, mm-hmm. I actually kind of yeah. expected your score to be lower because you're a little bit more critical to put it politically correct. Yeah, snobbish. Just say it. Just <laughs> I, say I wasn't going to say it. I wasn't gonna, I'm trying to be nice. I was a little mean to Eric to begin with. So I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> well, I do have criticism, but honestly, like as I was thinking about it, I, I thought I was wavering between a three and a 3.5. Um, as I was just thinking about how much I enjoyed this film versus um, some of the others, it fell right in between two films that I had rated 3.5. So I decided to go with a 3.5. What about you, Michael? Well, you know, taking this film into consideration, I posted on the Kaiju Groupie Facebook just to kind of, just to kind of feel what the, what the overall consensus was that about this film was. And overall it's extremely positive. And you know, that doesn't, I already had my rating and ranking, uh, you know, figured out by them, but I just kind of wanted to see what the community was saying. And the consensus was that it, it's a solid film. I think what people enjoy the most about this film, though, is just the radical redesign of Godzilla. It's it's something that a lot of us wish that was carried over into the rest of the Millennium Era, except you know, with the only exception being, of course, GMK. But for me, right. um, I'm going to have to give this a solid four out of five um, because this one ranks top ten for me mainly because um, of Godzilla's radical redesign. And and honestly, this is probably one of my favorite incarnations. Uh, Meyer Goji is is one of my favorite incarnations of Godzilla, and you can definitely tell that it was inspired by 1962, just because it has a more Mm. menacing, pissed-off, reptilian look, and it just just feels Mm. powerful in this film. And that's yeah. one of the reasons why I like this film. I also like this film because even though, um, even though the alien invasion aspect has been done and done and overdone, um, I feel like sort of the data mining aspect of it gave it some freshness enough to where I could give it a four out of five um, and probably top and top 10. I'm going to say probably this is, number six or seven in my top 10 right now. That's including the show era. Okay. Nice. nice. I, uh, I'm actually not that far off from either one of you, which is, might be unsurprising, uh, as I gave most of the Heisei a solid seven. <laughs> um, but, you know, watching these two versions of the film, I, I will say that in my opinion, the U S version is the definitive version. Absolutely. Because a lot of my complaints with the film are, they're not removed, but they're mitigated. I feel like the first 20, 25 minutes of this movie is phenomenal. Like I was, I, I texted Eric as I was 20 minutes in. I was like, I love this movie. Like, <laughs> like I really like this. And then after about 25 minutes, Godzilla disappears. And usually that's not a problem for a lot of my favorite Godzilla movies. But when Godzilla's not on the screen, mm-hmm. I feel like this movie really starts to suffer. Like, yeah, I, I had two characters that I really enjoyed in the Shinoda family. But the rest of it was a little meandering, especially in the Japanese version. There's 45 minutes of us kind of doing the same thing over and over. Lots of hacking, lots of trying to escape a building that's about to explode. <laughs> like, And it just goes on for a beat too long over and over again. But in the U.S. version, that a lot of that's cut out. Now we lose a little bit of context in terms of Orga's uh, motives, I guess that is. But... Overall, I really like like the humor is there. The new Godzilla is awesome, and that final battle in the U.S. version really turned it up a notch. Like I, I was like, I'm happy to see this again. Like it's been a while since we've had a solid <laughs> final battle. And so with that, mm-hmm. my Japanese version I gave a three point five, but the U.S. version I actually gave a four point or four out of five. Okay, so that's fair. Nice, I like it. Um, 
as we're closing out here, Michael, um, where can people find you online and what's in store for the Kaiju Groupie this year? Uh, obviously, you can find me at the if you search for the Kaiju Groupie on Facebook, uh, you should be able to find us. Now, we are a private group, so we do ask that if you're going to if you're serious about joining the group, you do have to answer a few questions. And that's just sort of a, a gatekeeping um, sort of a firewall we've set up just because we, you know, we just, we want to make sure that you're in the group for the right reasons. And that does sound a little snobbish. Uh, but you, you gotta be careful about who you let in because you don't want trolls. That's one thing that we've been really good at about good at is keeping out the trolls. Um, also you can find us on Twitter. May a lot of times, well, a hundred percent of the time it's me on Twitter at the, the, at the Kaiju groupie 54. Um, so that's where I get to interact with people. And I was kind of hesitant upon getting on Twitter mainly because I always believed that Twitter was a big cesspool where people just get on and argue. But so far, you're not wrong. Well, (laughs) (laughs) in the grand scheme of things, in the grand scheme of things, it's not that bad, uh, because that's where I found you guys. Um, and that's where I communicate with guys like that's well, that's where I communicate with guys like David, um, uh, Nathan from the Monster Island Film Vault. I mean, overall, the kaiju community on Twitter has been really good. Uh, also, I'm on Instagram, um, the, or the kaiju groupies on Instagram. I should I should say the kaiju groupie is on Instagram uh, because it is a team effort. But that's just sort of where we post photos and things that we like. I mean, just visual stuff. I mean, it's nothing. It's nothing really overly insightful, but we do post news and photos and just things that we just generally enjoy on Instagram. And that's it. Uh, the, so no daily mantras, a no daily mantras. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm not getting on and, and doing, um, any kind of, um, speeches in my Instagram stories. Uh, it's just mainly trying to build the community. And that's, just, and that's really what I do is I get on there and I try to build the community and I try to center the community around the positive aspects of Kaiju and you can find us on Instagram at the Kaiju Groupie. I couldn't find the Kaiju Groupie on Twitter, but it's Kaiju Groupie fifty four on Twitter, and it's the Kaiju Groupie on Instagram. And as far as what's in store, nice. um, I really don't know because we're. I'm trying to get some. Uh, I'm trying to get some podcasts together with a good friend of mine, Cody, who's also a moderator in the group. Uh, he's got a YouTube channel, Cody, Cody's Kaiju Customs. Um, also I'm doing a lot with Travis and Kaiju weekly. That's sort of Kaiju weekly has become sort of the official unofficial podcast of the groupie. Um, and so we're doing a lot there. We've got a lot of plans this year and we're just hoping mainly just to, to grow the community at large and just try to cultivate something positive within the fandom, because I know this fandom in general gets a lot of praise, but I've heard some people say that it's not a positive place to be. And that's just sort of, that's just sort of heartbreaking to be kind of sentimental, to be kind of uh, gushy about it. So yeah, that's just sort of what we got going on. Well, our most important question of the evening, Michael has to be, (laughs) do you have a rhyme for us for our next episode? I'll be honest with you. I I came, (laughs) I came up with three mainly because I was hoping that I wouldn't have to go first. And so I would have to, and so I would pick the best one out of the three to beat the both of you. So that's, um, well, uh, it won't take much because I forgot to make one. So I'm having to do it off the top of my head. Um, but the one that I settled on is, is, is this, um, and it goes, will black holes and dragonflies be enough to satisfy or will Goji's next film be despised? Ooh, that was good. Mm. I oh like it. Gosh. I like it. I'm nervous because I'm trying to I'm trying to remember mine that I just came up with. <laughs> good go. All right. Yeah. Are you ready? Here's mine. Does Godzilla versus Megaguirus make you delirious? Or is it taken all too serious? Oh, okay. <laughs> yours, are, yours are both better than mine. <laughs> um, Eric, oh, Eric's is actually... This is, this is when Alex throws out... I was going to say, Eric's is actually very similar to another one I wrote, but I'm not going to share it because I don't want to make oh. Alex feel any more bad than he does already. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> what you got, Alex? <laughs> oh... <laughs> So next week we're watching Megagaris. Is it any better than a piece of asparagus? <laughs> oh, <God. What? laughs> 
gosh, dude. Oh. This is like a weekly occurrence. You just not thinking of a rhyme and then making something terrible up on the spot. That will probably win our weekly poll. Can I do one more just to just so that we can erase that terrible one? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, here he goes. Hey. <laughs> When Godzilla battles Megaguirus, will we cheer or be furious? Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mine was the Here best one. As always, for us, you can find us on Twitter at MVM underscore pod. We're on Letterboxd, Alex Cornett and Eric Mealy. And of course, email us feedback, mvmpod at gmail.com. We love to hear from you. What are your thoughts about Godzilla 2000? And what are your thoughts about next week's episode, Godzilla versus Megaguirus? And if you'll do it with us, Michael. (laughs) Until next week. Try to try to eat some to fries. Stay alive. alive. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs>